0: You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk, covering all things Oklahoma sports, from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and Minor League Sports Tulsa. Now, let's get to your hosts, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Welcome to another edition of Johnny and the Hawk podcast. I'm Dan Hawk. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Johnny Resendez. Johnny, how are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Just had a good cup of coffee, good cup of joe.
0: How do you like your coffee? Iced. Iced coffee? Nah, okay, listen, 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 you listen. listen. Are
1: weird. Listen. listen. I know it's weird, but <sighs> I don't know how people... It's 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., depending on your lifestyle. You're tired as you know what. Why do you have to wait until the coffee is bearably consumable, not hot enough to where it will burn your entire mouth, to drink it? I just want to drink it now. I just want the caffeine in my body... Right now.
0: Hot coffee is the only way to go. Black. That's it. That
1: is disgusting. What, pro- what point are you trying to prove?
0: Just, I like hot coffee. That's hot, black. No, hot no f- black coffee? Yeah, I like hazelnut or, you know, a little flavor. That's but disgusting. just I'm talking just with the bean. I don't add creamer. I don't add sugar. That's disgusting. If I want that, I will get like a caramel macchiato. But then that's not coffee, in my opinion.
1: Then what is it?
0: It's something different. Are you getting text messages when we're doing this podcast? Uh, maybe. I'm a popular guy. Yeah, you are a popular guy. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. Johnny and I have touched on this topic before, but we're going to make it the topic of discussion completely. And that topic is, Johnny?
1: Professional wrestling. And it is professional wrestling, as in pro, as in real. That's right. So, wrestling
0: is real to us, not in the fact of the matches are, oh, my gosh, did you see who won? We know that they're predetermined winners.
1: Can we go a little bit more depth than that? So go many on, times from there, we there, hear as pro wrestling fans, oh, you know, it's fake, right? Oh, you know, he didn't really do that, right? Oh, you know, he doesn't really think that way, right? Listen, Dan, how old are you? I'm 36. 36. I'm 24. We're old enough to know, yes, we know that this is a predetermined match with a scripted storyline.
0: Yes, we understand that. We love wrestling for the athleticism and the actual entertainment that comes out of
1: wrestling. Correct. And besides, people who say that wrestling is fake don't even want to get into the argument that the life expectancy of wrestlers are actually really, really, really low. They don't or want to talk they, about a lot of
0: them are former true athletes. We're talking they played professional football, boxers, Logan Paul, correct. Um you name it and it's the most polarizing, most well-known sport in entertainment that there is.
1: Right. They they don't all ever also want to talk about how I mean, we've probably seen some videos of wrestlers just completely banged up. After a match, completely banged up to where you're just like, oh, this is not fake. Like, they're still getting concussive hits from a hard ring. They're still getting hit. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've seen a few, we've heard of a few wrestlers who've kept fighting, basically. Kept on with the match after a horrible injury. One that sticks out my mind, John Cena's nose was completely bent that way. And he still carried on because his nose broke. Or and how about...
0: about Vince McMahon tearing, tearing his, his quads.
1: <laughs> tearing both of his quads on live TV. Marking because... orders, you do this. Because, because he couldn't he... do anything. Because he, what was it? he, like his legs hit his... the
0: apron? Correct, they gave out on him. Here's the thing. When it comes to wrestling, we know that it's predetermined. I'm not going to debate that. However, it is true athleticism. When Rey Mysterio jumps from the top turnbuckle, or Biggie Langston does a flip in the air. We're talking about a 300 pound man doing some things that should not be happening.
1: Right, do you, do you remember Evan Bourne, his finisher move was a backflip off the top rope? That... Or
0: Scott Steiner used to do the Frankensteiner right, off the top exactly. rope.
1: Exactly. These are freak stuff that people don't really realize. It takes a lot of years to just completely, I mean, these guys are risking their bodies for our own pleasure. Just think about that for a second. So today's
0: podcast, and we're not going to make it an hour long, it'll probably be the traditional 30 cents podcast, Our top five moments in the wrestling
1: business. Right, and to be clear here, this is not the top five matches. That's a completely different list. This is moments that we feel stand the test of time and have been stuck and ingrained in our memories forever because of how awesome every single one of these moments are. So So,
0: we're going to start it off with Mr. Johnny Resendez giving his number one top five moment. And these are
1: not in any particular order, by the way, as
0: well. They're just five favorite moments. So these are
1: five. I'm going to go a little bit recent here. And I'm going to have a lot of recency bias in this one because I know a lot of people are going to be like, why are you picking this one? One of my favorite moments actually is an AEW moment. It's actually the return of CM Punk. Think about this, Dan. Punk never said really anything that he was coming back. You know, there's always the dirt sheets, the rumor mills, and everything like that. Punk never really said, I'm coming back. And yet, all all AEW did was say, hey, we got a special guest coming to Chicago next week. Special... Unannounced, or excuse me, unnamed special guest. That show sold out, based on a rumor, solely based on a rumor that CM Punk might show up. You know what you call that, Dan? That is star power at its finest, and the pop was something that I have not heard in a very, very long time. So for me, CM Punk's return to professional wrestling, where he belongs is in my top five. Number four, and I'm really glad you said no particular order because I was struggling with these next four because they're so close.
0: Oh, I thought we were going to bounce back and forth on these.
1: Oh, yeah, go go ahead.
0: My one of top five moments, I got to go back to 2001. Okay. Watching WCW, Shane McMahon, the Shane McMahon, appears on WCW. Your thought process is, what is going on? Well, to make a long story short, WWF, at that time, bought the WCW. And at that moment right there, I completely understood that the wrestling world totally got flipped upside down. For several years as a kid growing up, I went from Nitro to Raw, back and forth. Back and forth. And now it was done. All at Panama City Beach, Florida. That's in my top five.
1: That's a really good moment. And the theme of the wrestling world changing completely in one night is going to be a common theme here, I bet. Because that's my next one, is the Montreal Screwjob. Ah, it's a good one. I mean, when you think about just the stuff, oh, was it a work? It, work, basically, in wrestling means that it was un... It was basically the opposite of predetermined. It just happened on the fly. And, uh, I mean, we see, hear the stories on Brett's side. We hear the stories on Sean's side. We especially hear the stories of Vince's side. Brett screwed Brett. And even all that stuff just came about as to still one of the most infamous moments of professional wrestling. And then it just cultivated into something else. I mean, you think about the dichotomy of Brett Hart and Shawn Michaels. The guy, you know, the... Uh, one of the best technical they're both one of the best technical wrestlers ever but i think bret hart was definitely the one who would technically was probably the best in the ring of all time and then you got Shawn michaels who had the bravado so you just had all that up into one moment where everyone was completely lost as to what happened i it's one of those moments where you're just like it's one of those moments where you ponder, is this real? Is this going on? Is this has the fourth wall kind of started to just break a little bit? What do you think, Dan?
0: I thought it was one of the most craziest things that I've ever seen because this was the basically character building of Vince McMahon as no longer a board member type individual but becoming a wrestler, a part of his own program. You screwed Brett was is still chanted in wrestling arenas today. And that's why that moment in Montreal with Sean beating Brett for the title and the final time at that time seeing Brett on TV will never walk away from me. Staying with moments like this, another one came in 2002. 84 weeks. WCW took care of business against WWE, and some of those Raws were pretty pitiful. (laughs) Well, in 2002, Vince McMahon announced that Raw would have a new general manager. That general manager? None other than Eric Flippin' Bischoff. And when I saw Bischoff on WWE television... I realize that anything and everything can happen in professional wrestling. What was your take when you saw that for the first time? So um, this is right before you really dove into right before this was just right before maybe months before you got into wrestling.
1: So Eric you've seen it. Eric oh yeah, I have. Eric Bischoff was the figure of WCW. He was the guy. It was like Vince and Eric Bischoff, whenever the Monday night wars were happening. So when I first saw it, I was like, okay, WWE has officially won the Monday Night War. Because now Eric Bischoff is, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, the the climbing ladder? Eric Bischoff now looks up to Vince McMahon. So when I saw that, I was like, man, I mean, I mean that time, too, you, you think, oh, my God, WCW is just clashing with WWE. And you're just like... This is all really happening. All of these wars, every all the all the, the the separation between the two, between the promotions, it's all coming together. It was a surreal moment. And what could have been in that era too, when the invasion angle was happening between WCW and WWE, what could have happened was they could have signed Sting and Goldberg and we could have had some of the best matches of all time during that era. Instead, we got wwe's top guys against wcw's mid carters and yeah you know it was okay um that whole that the whole invasion angle was kind of just underwhelming but
0: and it goes back to contracts because wrestlers were still bound to a contract where they're getting paid to sit at home they don't need to necessarily go become a wrestler and beat up their body when they're already getting guaranteed money
1: that is true then you know that those other Moments in wrestling that we're not going to really get into that change the landscape, either independent contractors, blah, 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 whatever. So, my next one, and this one didn't necessarily change number the four way- here, right? No, I have CM Punk Returns, Montreal Screwjobs. Okay, so this number is three, number
0: three. I don't know how to count, I'm, right. from, I'm from Idaho,
1: exactly. <laughs> no thank disrespect you, to Idahoans. Um, this doesn't really change. The Landscape of Wrestling, I just remember it whenever I was a little kid. Seeing it for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? That is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. At the point, actually. It was when The Undertaker threw mankind (laughs) off (laughs) Hell in a Cell. That was, to this day even, one of the craziest moments Anyone has ever seen a grown man throwing another grown man. I mean, how much 30 foot cell, a 30 foot cell down a table, which maybe isn't really even a table because it's so, I mean, thin. And I mean, Undertaker said right after he thought mankind who's Mick Foley, he thought Mick Foley was dead whenever he dropped him. And then he did it again. I was like, what is going on? This man is just completely destroying his body for our entertainment, and it looks like he's liking it. So what exactly is this man mankind make fully made out of?
0: When I saw that, I saw an individual that said, this match is more than a match, and this is what is going to make me the most memorable wrestler of my time. That moment... Looking at it now, when I watched it at the time, I didn't fully understand it. Watching it now, I realize that this man cared about one thing, the fans. Mm It wasn't his body. That move should have never taken place. We should have never seen him fall. Nowadays, it would never take place. He was inches, literally inches. If The Undertaker would have thrown him wrong, he could have decapitated himself yep. right there on live television. And I remember after that match, Vince saying, I want to thank you for that match.
1: Don't, Don't ever, ever do, do it, it again.
0: again. And it's the truth because that match should have never taken place in that manner. But Mick Foley was an individual that likes to change he things was around.
1: An interesting guy when you think about Mick Foley from the thumbtacks tax to getting speared on a fiery table by Edge, to whatever else you want to think of. This man was to the extreme. Who knows how his body is now? He looks great.
0: He looks great, but he's crippled, and I bet you he's in a lot of pain.
1: Oh, yeah. He's There's a lot definitely, of hidden pain and
0: everything. Definitely a lot of pain.
1: Wrestling isn't fake, everyone.
0: That's right. My number three is a big one. The N- WO. Oh. i have a lot of wcw moments in here because i as a kid growing up i really did like wcw they had a lot of bad moments as well they did but the formation of the nwo seeing kevin nash and scott hall leave the wwe getting handed more money because they thought it was a work going back to wwe And then finding out that the third man, the third man, was Hulk Hogan. Changed everything at that point. Completely. Bad guys became cool. And it was a memory that I will never forget. It was also one of the worst moments in professional wrestling. Because of the fact that the NWO just got too big and ran its course. They never disbanded it.
1: It didn't just run its course. It ran the company out of business. That's right. You could make the argument that it was like a double-edged sword. It was
0: a phenomenal idea. It's been done before. It happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It wasn't called the NWO. Listen to Jim Cornette. There's another name for it. Uh, But the reality is that it ruined WCW. Because wrestlers got tired of getting beat up all the time. And so what did they do? Just join the NWO because it literally had everybody. And when you had other organizations or stables coming together like the LWO or the NWO Wolfpack, it just became too much.
1: It's too much, too saturated. The storyline started to not make sense. And, it, you know... it. You, we've heard backstage talk and everything about how, you know, sometimes it was this, sometimes it was that. Egos got involved. Someone didn't want to put someone else over. It just turned into a toxic environment. Absolutely. Because of three guys. Started off with three guys. At first, it was amazing. And then it just turned into a complete It could have mess. ran its course
0: for a year, but then it should have dissolved.
1: Well, you see, the thing with factions, there's so few that know how to get it right. That's right. I feel like the only one that got it right was DX. Because when you think about recent- Or the Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen too, yeah. We're talking way back though. I'm talking recently. I mean, remember the Nexus? That could have been one of the best. It
0: fizzled out and it it really wasn't that entertaining.
1: Uh, You could make the argument that Cena had something to do with that. Uh, You know, don't really know, but I've heard some stuff. But the NWO was definitely one of those where it was just so big. It was so cool to be the bad guy. And then just year after year after year. And on the other side, that's when DX started. And DX, I mean, you want to talk about moment. They went on a tank and went to the exact same yes, arena. Okay, I, but I, we're not.
0: this isn't one of your moments. So no, this is but, but that moment was so overdrawn. It wasn't that special.
1: I think it will. Oh, maybe as not, a little kid's perspective, maybe as a little was. kid's perspective. But like, they never oh my got God, on, God, they're about. To,
0: but they never got on TV. It was only for one RAW. Nothing transpired out of it. But Bischoff failed on that one because he should have allowed them to come into the arena. But
1: don't you think the fact that they're not letting him in was made it a little bit more real? No,
0: because it it only happened that one time, and we never saw it again. It's it's broadcast as like one of the most major moments in wrestling. But name the name the the state they were in, name where they were at. That is true. People don't remember it.
1: But the thing is, they don't remember maybe the place, but they remember remember the act itself.
0: Remember, that was also DX2. Yeah. That was not DX1. If that would have been DX1 with Sean and Trips in China going in, remember, this is right after Rick Rude jumped. Mm -hmm. It would have been a bigger moment. And I blame Bishop on that. Because Sean and Trips were good buds with Scott Hall, Kevin Ash. It would have been perfect. By the way, rest in peace, Scott Hall.
1: Yeah. Go absolutely on. rest in peace to the bad guy. But for me, I think it was a little bit better because simply because they wouldn't let him in. Because if they were to go on TV, you yeah, would have been this big pizzazz, just complete showboat moment. But you would still anyone with you know, we would look back and be like, oh yeah, they completely it was a, a worked shoot and everything. It just it didn't feel like it could like have it was, been a bigger Maria Yeah. What it is your
0: what is your number four?
1: So my number four and the these two have to do with a specific wrestler. So I'm gonna go with Hogan versus Rock, WrestleMania 18. It's a good one. It's a good one. Because I remember this is right when I started to watch wrestling.
0: This is GOAT versus GOAT, basically. Exactly.
1: I had heard of, of course, I heard about The Rock. The Rock was definitely the guy, along with Stone Cold at the time. By the way, think about that stretch between WrestleMania 17 and WrestleMania 19. Those were probably some of the best shows you think you will ever see in your life. Now, back to Hogan versus Rock. We heard about The Rock, but I, I just now started to get introduced to Hulk Hogan and what he was, who he was. Wondered about all the stuff he did in the 80s. Wondered about all the stuff that he did with NWO. And for him to come back to WWE and go up against the guy, The Rock, that was absolutely insane. The match was pretty good, too. I, I think the match was pretty nice. But the fact that you know those two collided and you still think about them facing off, that is just insane. I don't know if we'll ever get that in wrestling again. Two legends. Not like in that. that magnitude. Not in that
0: magnitude. I I think truly those are two of the biggest stars that ever graced a TV screen right. growing up as a kid.
1: Right. Absolutely. Now, I want to preface this also by saying that during that moment, it, you know, it was like Stone Cold and The Rock and everything. WWE was on the roll. But you still had that residue of WCW, obviously. So when Hogan came back, it was like, oh, this is like – as good of a WCW versus WWE as we're going to get. So that, to me, really stuck in my head for a long, long time. And I was almost going to leave that out of the list, but I was like, man, no, that that was one of my earliest memories of wrestling where I was like, this is amazing.
0: My next memory was the Pipe Bomb. Oh, yes, I'm so glad you added this one. By CM Punk. Going on Raw, dropping the infamous pipe bomb with an explosive speech breaking the fourth wall to Vince McMahon, John Cena, who's laying in the ring at this point. Absolutely shattering the fourth wall. Questioning why he wasn't being pushed as a top guy in the company, even suggesting the company would be better off when Vince McMahon is dead. Firing shots at Hogan, Cena, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson for being ass kissers. This was by far one of the most explosive things that I've ever seen in TV because it goes back to the real factor. When he's doing this, this is from the heart. Mm -hmm. And he didn't, he just unloaded on everybody and anybody that pissed him off. And waving, hi, Colt Cabana, when they were friends at that time. Great stuff. Great for TV and great for wrestling. And then well after that, what did CM Punk become? And it became a top guy. And with that, this goes back to the old saying, if you just let wrestlers be wrestlers and be themselves, they usually end up being a phenomenal character.
1: That is once again an example of them towing the line between reality and what we call kayfabe in wrestling to where it's, you know, it's just them still acting out their character and everything like that. That moment, I mean, you want to think about like single handedly having a superstar moment overnight. That's what happened with CM Punk in that moment. And he, the, the fact that John Cena was in the ring, just basically laying down, was like, I gotta take a break here. And CM Punk saying all these things, the fact that he's wearing a stone cold shirt too, that was absolutely insane. I'm so glad he did that. I'm so glad that he, you know, he got what he wanted initially and then it just spiraled out of control from there. He had his summer. He had the summer of CM Punk. And that to me, this is 2011, so I'm deeply invested into wrestling at that point. It was absolutely shocking to hear. I'm still thinking about, wow, it's like CM Punk at one promo. It took one promo of just absolute glory for him to be.
0: And it was a hell of a promo,
1: too. For him to be one of the most talked about, most popular wrestlers we've seen within the past few decades.
0: Yep. What is your next one? For number four. So
1: so no, this is my number one, as in like my last. Oh, home. last one, yeah. So I'm gonna say some honorable mentions first. Um, I think Hogan versus Andre the Giant, definitely at one that of the time, ones. yeah. At that time, yeah. Right now, it's you kind know, of the the match itself. It's technically It's not the wasn't greatest, the greatest really but at, at the all. moment, at the moment, though, I mean, you had Andre the Giant who the Immovable
0: Force yeah, it, meets the Immutable. I it, it, can't say it. The, right?
1: uh, Neither can I. I can't yeah. really say it. It's still early. Anyways, eighth wonder of the world. I, yeah, exactly. Anyways, the immovable force meets the immovable object. We God, we we still can't say we it. We can't even say it. Uh, the irresistible force meets the immovable mm-hmm. object. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Anyways, Andre at that time was a mythical figure. I mean, they they said he was seven foot five, but he wasn't really seven foot five. But still, at that moment in the eighties, when kayfabe was at its peak it was just like oh this guy is the giant this guy is something larger than life for sure and then you get hulk hogan who was this uber popular guy who was just all about you know just like he was ripped he was all about he looked like one of the one of the beach boys he was just this absolute hulking character and those two met in a ring one of the most iconic moments ever that's an honorable mention um, another honorable mention that I want to bring up because I remember this so vividly was Ric Flair's retirement just that whole week truly sad inducted into the Hall of Fame
0: because we don't want to discuss what happened in TNA no,
1: no 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 we are not we are not that <laughs> didn't happen none of that happened none of that happened anyways the whole uh WWE WrestleMania week I mean he had the Hall of Fame ceremony he had his Epic match with Ric Flair. I mean, that was, I mean, with Shawn Michaels. That was an amazing match. Given how old he was, too, that was really nice. And then the farewell on Raw the very next day. I mean, I just remember watching that as a kid. I was like, man, I just appreciate this so much. And then uh, three years later, <laughs> that kind of just crashed and burned. There. <laughs> but like I said, that didn't really happen. Now let me get to my number one moment. And, uh, you know, I thought about this for a little bit, and I'm just like, man, I can't really think of a moment where I was still genuinely shocked at this. The streak ending. Brock Lesnar. You took my number one. You t- what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. That is my number one. What? That is my number one. Okay, well, great minds. No, that's fine. We'll
0: keep it together on this. But yeah, that is my number one
1: streak ending. Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans ends the Undertaker streak.
0: This was by far, if you were to rank all these, you could make this the number one.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: This was insanely good. And, and insanely sad as well when it comes to wrestling.
1: Right, whenever the whenever the monitor put twenty one and one, <laughs> I was just absolutely no. I, at first, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, this is this is this is like. All right, I'm I'm not gonna lie. This
0: is a moment that I actually went back to childhood and felt like this is real.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is absolutely real. What's going on? The twenty two and one. Like, the the screen showed up in the monitor. I was and like, this is
0: real. This isn't fake. And this I'm is just real. like, I'm just
1: like, this is not happening. Like, is this? And then they like, um, I remember the announcer said the winner is Brock Lesnar. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, my entire life at that moment in time, I had never seen, never seen the Undertaker lose at WrestleMania. So when I saw that, I was like, what? I mean, the match itself was kind of a dud. It was just kind of like, you know.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the greatest match, but just seeing Taker lose, and to be honest, looking at it now, I still don't like the fact that Taker's streak is done. Right. I understand it might be hokey or well, childlike, but just what does it matter if he would have finished his streak as undefeated? He's already going to—he already win in the Hall of Fame, obviously,
1: but well, that streak didn't need to end. Well, it is, no, I do think that it could have— I do think it, it should have ended, but I just don't like how it ended. And to be honest, no disrespect to Brock, he shouldn't have ended the streak. No, if you, really, I would have
0: rather had Kane in the streak.
1: No, not Kane either. I wanted someone young to go over as the guy who ended the streak. It should have been Roman, in my opinion. It should have been Roman, and it should have been Roman at WrestleMania. Potentially
0: at that time, but like Roman is—he's finally now catching on because right. they made him a bad guy.
1: Right. But you know how like all the backlash he got a few years later when he beat Taker in Orlando. Right. That should have been the moment where Take a Streak broke, and that would have cemented Roman Reigns as one of the top heels probably of all time, time in wrestling because he was the youngin who broke the streak, and he didn't give a crap about what anyone else thought because it was his yard. That's right. But the fact that Brock—I mean, you know, you know—cemented Brock, Brock as an all-time great, elevated it, him to Brock main event status. And Brock is still one of the greatest athletes of all time, by the way. UFC champ multiple times.
0: Exactly. So there you go, wrestling fake.
1: Remember that, folks. Heavyweight champion. But
0: the point is, I think we loved it. We just didn't like it being Brock.
1: Right. You know, yeah, Brock was kind of like one of those things where you're just like, you know, Brock's cool, but if we're gonna choose someone to end the streak. Maybe have a younger person go over because if you're not going to pick Sean, sure, you're not going to pick Sean to end the streak. I mean, after that buildup in WrestleMania 25 and 26, you're going to pick Brock. And I know it was Taker's decision to end the streak and everything, and he wanted Brock, but still, I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, so maybe with that, go with someone else, with that, we do
0: have to respect Taker because it's his decision at the
1: end of the absolutely, day, absolutely, absolutely. And he, you know, he made. He made the call that he thought was gonna be best for the shock factor, and that is something I won't take away from him. No part of me thought that Brock was gonna win that match. I thought that Taker was absolutely gonna leave there with a win. And the fact that he, he left without one, the fact that also I don't know if you've seen the video, Dan, of him kind of just walking out of the uh out, walking out of the arena. The moment he gets to the apron, he actually Passes out because he had a concussion. Right, that was disturbing. That it was, was very disturbing because you finally saw Undertaker, the Phenom, look human. You did look like oh that's that's Mark Calloway and he's in trouble. He's hurt. By the really way, check bad. out
0: his documentary that's on the WDB Network. Oh, last night. Oh my good. god, that
1: good. It's so good.
0: So like we said, this podcast this week was a little outside of the box, kind of because. Just to be brutally honest, we're in the summer months, which means there's no football, which means we're kind of in a dead period. So Johnny and I could come out with our own personalities.
1: Correct, and uh, we know the NBA um, is going on right now. We'll probably start to get to a little bit more action once the finals roll around because it's still it's still a little early. It's still a little early. Baseball, it's still really very really early. And early his Rangers are terrible, the and the Tigers aren't that suck. far behind. Tigers suck.
0: 12 of the last 14, folks. Not pretty. It's,
1: can you imagine? Can you think both New York teams are good? But our teams are terrible. Right. But both New York teams, I mean, just come on. What kind of season are we having right here? Anyways,
0: Tigers 8 and 19, Rangers 11 and 15. So hmm. you're doing a little better, but not by much. But next time, we might be off next week, depending on it because the PGA Championship's going on, big weekend coming up here in Tulsa, but we will get back at it with Johnny and the Hawk podcast.
1: We'll talk about the PGA Championship and our experience with that on the next show, because it's going to be an exciting time here in Tulsa and in Southern Hills, especially.
0: Until next time, thank you for listening to Johnny.
1: We'll see you guys in uh, two weeks.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson